as you, as everyone knows, we, we don't, don't fact, fact check. check. <laughs> Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina from TBR Etc. And I'm Renee from It's Book Talk. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. Today, we're talking about One Sit Reads. We'll share something that we've been loving lately, review our latest read, and have book talk about One Sit Reads, books you can finish in one sitting. We'll wrap things up with our shelf edition, a book that we've added to our own PBR list. We're a new podcast, so if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to follow us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, Tina. Hello. How are you? Good. I am great. I'm so excited to talk about One Sit Reads. So does that something that happens to you often that you're able to finish a book in one sitting? No, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can finish a book in a weekend, like a couple of days, but it's a very special book that allows me to finish it all in one go. Exactly. I would love to be able to do that more than I have. I don't know. I think I can do it more in the summer, actually. I don't know if that's because I take more time to read in larger chunks. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just going to sit out here for five hours right. out on the patio or wherever and read. Yeah. And that's like, and your not activity. worry about, yeah. And not worry about anything else that needs done mm-hmm. and just allow, because if the weather's nice, because I noticed a, some of the ones I'm bringing today, that's when I read them. Oh, it was um, in the summer is, it, is in the summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, hopefully the listeners will find too, like, that's our goal today is to bring you some books that you can just sit down with, get lost in and knock out in one sitting. Right whether they're page turning for whatever reason, they become like, so um, I don't want to say important, but they take precedent over the fact that, oh, maybe I need to run in and make dinner, but I'm just going to read a few more pages or maybe I need to go fold the laundry. No, I don't want to. Right. (laughs) And you just keep reading. I'm reading this book. Perfect. Well, before we get into book talk, tell me, what are you loving lately? I have been really into Googling and putting together and reading my summer must read book lists. Now, this is outside of what you and I have already put together. So you're still looking for summer books. I'm still looking. Okay. I always, always looking. I love to see what I might have missed. And turns out I've missed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I want to just kind of tell you real quick the sites that I found some really fun lists. And I didn't really have any of these on my radar except for one or two. And then we can link to those in the show notes. So everyone can have all of these lists in one place. Perfect. And just go check them out. So here are, here is what I found good housekeeping. And some of these have 20 to 25 books on there. Oh, wow. I know it was so fun. Travel and leisure. Shereads.com, Cosmopolitan.com, Oprah Daily, Publishers Weekly, Parade, and Marie Claire. Oh my gosh. So I would have never gone to some of these places for book recommendations. Like I, I haven't even heard of, no, Travel and Leisure. Leisure. No. With yeah. What? Never would have heard of it. Okay. Awesome. And they had a really, they actually were one of the ones that had a really unique list. I kind of, kind of put together all of the list and was trying to see what book kind of popped on here and there. And that is my shelf edition today. So oh, perfect. I will share that. I was going to ask you, are there any, like, you'll have to give me the goods. Like what are the ones that I've missed yes. that I need to know about? Okay, perfect. Well, so how about you? All right. So lately, you know, that I'm obsessed with doing my nails. Like I hate when my nails are unpainted. I also do not like going to, I've never liked getting my nails done. I don't like to sit still and sitting in a salon for an hour or whatever, like makes me antsy. So I do my nails at home. So lately I've been loving my Olive and June nail kit. Have you ever seen them on Instagram? Yes, they have popped up in my feed Mm -hmm. and I know somebody else had mentioned it. I can't remember who, but that that was the first time I heard about it was from someone on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned it. 
And then it started popping up in my feed. Yeah. Well, exactly. So that's the thing is initially I was kind of a curmudgeon about it. I was a little bit turned off by like their full court press with marketing. I don't know why, like they do a great job, but I was like, surely it can't be that good. And so what I thought I was like, oh, the polishes are going to be super expensive. Like this isn't for me. I can do my nails at home. I don't need their full kit. I went to Target and I saw that they had the colors on the end cap at Target, which of course is like, you know, catnip for, for oh yeah shoppers. I went over, I said, let me see how much this polish is. And it was only eight bucks, which is not bad. So I mm-hmm. figured, let me try one polish and see how well it wears and all of that. So cut to, of course, I loved it. And me like the next week ordering their entire kit from their site. Cause I really wanted to try it. I really wanted to see it's supposed to last really long, like longer than a traditional, just regular polish. I am happy to say that it does last pretty long. I can get probably five to seven days out of one application to where I'm comfortable to not feel like I have to redo it. Because if there's like chips, I'm Mm -hmm. very anal about wanting to redo it. This really does last about five to seven days. And actually, when you're a new customer, you get this discount. So the kit itself really was not as expensive as I thought. I do like their top coat. I do like their cuticle oil. And actually I would buy more colors from them. I think this is my new thing. Like I think I'm a convert from Essie and OPI and my others. I think I'm an Olive and June kind of gal. So, and then obviously guys, this is not sponsored. Like hit me up Olive and June, if you would like to partner. For sure. (laughs) This is just my (laughs) obsession and my years and years of research and testing and trying. Yeah. So that's what I've been loving lately. That's awesome. I have been an OPI, which I'm not crazy about. They don't last, but I'm also really lazy about doing my own manicures. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I'll try that out. Do you do your own cuticles? Oh, yeah. Like Uh trim and all that? Oh, yeah. Does it take forever, though? No, I love it. It's very therapeutic. And that's actually something, too. I like to listen to an audiobook and it's very, very detailed work. So, like, I can just listen to an audiobook and kind of like go to town doing my little, you know, cuticle nails. I got my little trimmer. Your nails the whole always thing. look good. Thank you. Like Thank your books. You. I'm like showing her on the zoom. Like you guys look, can I see. just got mine. <laughs> I saw, I like that summer color. I didn't do it myself though. That's all right. <laughs> all all right. right. So what do you want to do your latest read? Sure. I'll keep going. Yes. I'll tell you about my latest read and I am pretty excited to share this one because it's actually something that was on my summer bonanza list. I actually read it and I want to tell you about it. So my last read was The Maidens by Alex Michaelides, and this is the author of The Silent Patient. So this is his sophomore novel. And I've had my eye on this since I heard about it back in February of 2020. Needless to say, my expectations were high. I'm happy to say I really enjoyed it. It is about a young psychotherapist named Mariana who is mourning the death of the love of her life, Sebastian. She gets a call from their niece, Zoe. She's in college and she's really upset because there's just been a murder at her college. Obviously she's upset. Mariana has served as her mother figure basically Zoe's whole life. So she decides to come be with her and make sure she's okay. Zoe thinks it's her friend. So she also has a sinking suspicion that she thinks she knows who committed the murder. And it's the enigmatic professor, Edward Fasha, that she is saying has done it. Mariana basically gets caught up in the investigation and takes things into her own hands when the police start to not believe her. And basically, she becomes dead set on trying to prove this professor's guilt. I did have a couple of questions by the end, you know, to understand all the players and understand where everything went. But it was actually fun to chat with people on Instagram about it. So I do think Mm -hmm. this could be good for book club. It has a lot of references to Greek mythology. I think the character herself is part Greek and the professor teaches, I think, Greek. So there was, I was a little nervous because I'm not a mythology girl. It did not bother me at all. Oh, okay. That was really good. Also, I do recommend the audio because the narration was wonderful. It has the British narration, which I know you like. Oh, my favorite. Very posh accents. And there was a male narrator that was very, very spooky. And that guy did a great job. I do recommend it. And this was The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. Okay. I wondered what you thought about that, but I didn't know because you've saved it till today. I did. Okay. Well, and that is getting some mixed reviews. It so is getting mixed reviews. I'm so. glad you liked it. I, I am going to do the audio. Yep. I, for sure. You'll have to let me know. But yeah, this one I would put on my uh, recommended list. Okay. All right. Oh. Great. All right. Tell me about your latest read. Okay. My latest read 
is one that I have briefly, briefly mentioned, which was what I was taking out to my patio with my Pinot Grigio. And it is That Summer by Jennifer Weiner. Mm -hmm. I finished it. I am really glad I have sat with this one for, I don't know, almost a week. I haven't wrote a review. I wanted to think about it. I ended up doing this one on audio. Sutton Foster is the narrator and she stars in Younger, which is my absolute favorite show. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I love it. And she's great as a narrator. That summer is, I'm just going to read this, which is the short little blurb on Goodreads. Deliciously twisty novel of intrigue, secrets, and the transformative power of female friendship set on beautiful Cape Cod. I agree with all of that. Okay. Like every part. I think that is completely accurate. The characters are Daisy Shoemaker. I really related to her. And I wonder if there's a little bit of Jennifer in Daisy. So she is a mom of teenager and Mm. she can't sleep, (laughs) which I felt. And she has a cooking business. She has a full schedule, a beautiful home in the Philadelphia suburbs. And she should be happy, but her teenage daughter can be a real brat. (laughs) Her husband is distant. Her friends are like not really there. And I just, I felt so much of a lot of what she was going through. She starts getting emails from someone named Diana who has like one letter different in her email address. She kind of ends up emailing her and saying, I'm getting your emails. Like they strike up a friendship. Oh, and that's really, I'm not going to say more about that. And it goes back and forth between the Philadelphia suburbs and Cape Cod, more okay. so on Cape Cod, which is perfect for summer. And what I really, really liked about this is Jennifer Weiner's ability to talk about the details of, of food and decorating, which sounds really odd, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't like cooking I'm not into cooking. And I really love reading about other people's ability to make such like wonderful dishes that sound so good. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's not, it's perfect for summer listening. So what ends up happening is a lot of drama and things don't go quite as you would think with these mm-hmm. two ladies. So I would highly recommend this. It is That Summer by Jennifer Weiner. It sounds so good. And I'm definitely going to read that very soon. I'm curious, why did you say that you were glad you saved your review? That I was just thinking when you started to talk that I forgot to tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad I asked then. (laughs) And and here's why. And I have to be really vague about it. It was the ending. Got it. And I won't say anything else, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad I sat with us before Mm -hmm. like spewing out a review and putting that out on Goodreads or Instagram, because the more I think about it, the more I am okay. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy about what she did or the author, Mm -hmm. but I'm feeling it more. And I'm glad I waited. As time has went on, I like it more and more and more. And I I keep thinking about it. Yeah, that's a sign. That's a sign of a good book. It makes total sense. Okay, great. Well, thanks for telling us about that. For our book talk today, we're talking about One Sit Reads. I know you read a lot, obviously. Do you consider yourself to be a fast reader? Yes and no. Okay. It de- if I can sit down uh-huh. and have a large chunk of time, yes. yes. Okay. That, that's fair. You know, if I'm not, I have a hard time because it's so hard not to compare yourself with mm-hmm. other people on Instagram who are reading <laughs> like 30 books a month. And, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not that fast then. Yeah. I thought I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like, yes, if, if you give me an afternoon, I can get through a book. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a speed reader by any means, I guess. I haven't had like speed reading classes or... I think you are a fast reader compared to like the general population because I feel like you get through books fast. I know you're a fast processor because you can listen Mm -hmm. to audiobooks at like two times the speed. I am a speed reader and it's not something I tried to do. It's just something that is my natural, I guess how fast I read a book or, or the way that I take in books. And I know this because in seventh grade, they had a speed reading section. I don't know why in our English class, they like talked about speed reading. And I remember I read a thousand words a minute. I think it was. Oh my gosh. And everyone was like, no, you didn't, whatever. But they test you for comprehension. And I did like, I remember, you know, 
getting tested or whatever for speed reading. And it's not something I want to, I don't try to read fast. It's just, I think my Mm -hmm. natural pace, it's finding books that you want to sit down and finish in a day. That's the trick to getting a book done in a day. Exactly. Okay. Are your one sit reads thrillers typically, or does it need to be fast paced? No, they're not thrillers typically, and Mm -hmm. they can be. I do have a few of those. And I also have a couple, which actually I'm sharing today and they're Mm -hmm. not thrillers, but they read, they read as page turners. If that, you know, to me, there's a difference because sometimes I can get into a story so much that I have to know what happens to the characters. Yeah. Okay. And to, so it's not, it's not a thriller from the thriller genre, but for me, I cannot stop and cannot do anything else until I know what has happened to these characters. Okay. I think I'm similar in that way. It's more about the characters. It's more about a compelling story. And honestly, I don't think I binge thrillers that often. Like I'm, I will once in a while, but I don't know that it's the plot that sucks me in. I think it's more the characters. Cause if I look at the ones that I'm sharing today, these mm-hmm. are all, all about the characters. They are all about, and obviously the story that they're in, but it's the setup that really sucked me in right. and made it to where I could not put it down. I think I'm probably the same when it is a thriller. That's usually has to do with the level of suspense and right. fear for the characters right. that the author is able to bring to the page. So what would you say is a positive or what do you think is something that you really like about once it reads? Like It's the best feeling, right? When you're, you're, so it's the positive about ones that read is I'm excited because I know I have a good story. I know that I'm in a book that I'm going to recommend to others. It's fun. Like that's, I think the high that I'm always chasing in, a, in many ways, not always, but a lot of the time that's the high I'm chasing is a story that hooks me from the start, something I don't want to put down and something that I'm thinking about when I'm not reading. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have it be under a certain amount of pages mm. to consider? Like if you're going to go get on an airplane or you're going to go sit at the pool or beach. Mm-hmm. Will you take a book that's 500 pages and potentially think that it might be a one sit read or will you not and put it, you won't? I probably, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know very many books that are 500 plus pages that are as propulsive. It feels like they, a lot of times have more backstory. There's more detail in the writing. When I think of one sit reads, it is going to tend to be something that's a little bit shorter. Okay. Would you say, and I have, I have a 512 page one set read to Yeah. You'll have you to about show me because I love long books. I don't know if they're often page turners for me. Okay. I have to think about well, it. Sometimes I also consider a one set read as to be something I can finish in a day. Mm-hmm. So if I start it in the morning and mm-hmm. I can finish it even at midnight, I'm going to call, I'm calling that a one set read because, oh, of course, you know, my whole yeah. day might revolve well, we're not around saying finishing. That, we're not saying that you have to like literally sit can't and not move, right? And not eat or drink. Right. So yeah, something that I do, if I finish a book, if I'm really into a book, I'll switch between print and audio so that I can, you know, get around, do stuff that I need to do. It's been That's a while. what I was going to ask you. Do you consider something you listen to on audio as a one set read or as, as yes. page turning because you couldn't stop listening. Yeah, for sure. So same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same for me. Okay. What is a downside to being able to read something? Yeah. I was thinking about fast. this. Some, okay. So I think sometimes too, if you're just so into it and can't put it down, you might miss some of the detail. You might miss mm-hmm. some of this, the finer points. At least that's true for me. And it also depends too, if it's a story that I've heard before, like if it's just a couple of plot points different from something else that I read and loved, I might walk away a week later and be like, wait, who did it? <laughs> like what happened to this? And then you're, oh, then the book's done, right? And right. you don't get a chance to read it again. My first thought, and sometimes when I'm sitting out or listening or, and I just can't stop and can't stop, I'll start to think like, oh, wait, I'm going to finish like, oh, I can't stop, but I'm going to finish it. And then what am I going to read? And it just leaves me with like, (laughs) it's because I'm loving it so much. There's a potential for a book hangover and those are not fun. That is not fun. (laughs) That is true. And I find, I swear to you that if I 
have a book that gave me a book hangover, I start to not like any, like it'll take me several books to really mm-hmm. find one that I get exactly. into. I'm like, oh, this book is, doesn't hold up to the last one that I read, which is so sad. We should, we should be able to judge books in a vacuum, right? And not let our previous reading experience affect any future books that have nothing to do with each other. I think it's hard. That's why it's a book hangover. Exactly. That's why they're so fun. Like ones that reads are so fun, but then you want that. Like you want that feeling mm-hmm. for your next book, like mm-hmm. you, right? Like Aren't said, we always searching for books that we don't want to put? Yes, down? truly. So okay, right. all right. So let's get into book talk because now I it. want you to tell me your books so that I can read them if I haven't already. Um, okay. All right. I'll tell you about my mine first. Okay. And my first book that was a one sit read for me was Twenty Eight Summers by Elin Hildebrand. Talk about books that would be good for a book club. So it's about a girl or a woman named Mallory. When the story begins, she's a young 20-something trying to find her way after college, and she inherits a cottage in Nantucket from her beloved aunt. So her very first Labor Day weekend there, she falls in love with her brother's friend, Jake. And the two embark on a relationship that lasts for three days and three days only every Labor Day weekend, no matter what, for 28 years. I mean, Jake gets married, so it's not the most moral of stories. Mm -hmm. I did not care. When I tell you I did not care, I did not care. I loved Jake and Mallory. I could not put this down. They do the same activities each weekend, and it. I just, I don't love myself for this, but I loved (laughs) the story, and it was sweet. It was filled with longing. It was filled with nostalgia and that idea of someone that you fell in love with when you were 20 and how that carries on through your adult life. I, I truly could not put this down. It's my favorite Elin Hildebrand that I've read. Oh. So this one was 28 Summers by Elin Hildebrand. Okay. She's always good for that summer beach read. Mm-hmm. Um, That's her re- sweet spot, I think. Oh, for sure. Have you read all of hers yet or to say that that's your favorite? I mean, Oh God, no. That's a, Oh, okay. No, I didn't know. I was going to say, wow. No, no, no. It's the favorite that I've read of hers. I've probably oh, read okay. maybe seven of her books okay. in my life. So okay. not, and she's got like 500. So a gazillion. <laughs> I know. I know she, she does for sure. I am. I'm always excited for what she comes out with in June. I've never read her like November books. That's so funny. Any of the series. I know. Yeah. I don't know why. I've heard they're good, but I just haven't. Okay. That's a good start. I am going to really kind of shift gears. Um, <laughs> and this might seem unusual when I tell you about okay. it, but I'll tell you why I chose it. It is Infinite Country by Patricia Engel. Mm-hmm. And it came out in March of this year. I, I chose this for a couple reasons. One, because I've just recently read it. It's also 191 pages, mm, yep. which definitely lends itself to an afternoon reading. This is about a Colombian family fractured by deportation. The issues in this book are heavy, but you will love to see and get to know these characters. And then I was worried about them. Mm, it starts yep. off in, yeah, it starts off in Colombia. And I really, really enjoy going to a place that I really don't know anything about. And I have obviously heard quite a lot about the violence and the the chaos in Colombia, but I don't know that much about it, especially for the people who live there that are not involved. Like what I've read about Colombia has to do a lot with the drug trafficking side, like true crime and all of that. So this was different. And I really like that part. It will alternate with Houston, Texas. So you have a family where you have Alina and Morrow. They meet as teenagers in Bogota. They kind of dream about going to the United States because the backdrop in Bogota is guerrilla warfare, is mm-hmm. bombings, is kidnappings. It, I mean, this is their daily life, but also they have a very close family and it's kind of that whole, the grass is potentially greener and the United States has opportunity and that's where they want to go. So they do end up coming and the story kind of takes off from there because it is not easy. It does not go as planned. And also the plot alternates with more present day. So that's kind of past. And then the present day, you have one of their daughters who escapes from a juvenile prison in Colombia. So it's like, oh, wow. 
how did she even get, how did she get back there? And the reason she is there makes you, of course, love her and understand her. There is a whole suspense around what is going to happen to this entire family. It's also really hard to talk about because I don't want to give away plot points, Mm -hmm. but they do become separated as a family. And that is where the suspense lies. I think this would be great for an afternoon read because it is a combination plot driven and character driven. Awesome. And And I really loved it. This one's own voices, right? Yes. Awesome. Yes. I believe she, yes, she's from Colombia, but was also an American citizen. Mm -hmm. She definitely is writing what she knows. That was Infinite Country by Patricia Engel. Excellent. That is on my shelf and I'm getting to it very soon. You're right. It is short. It's got a lovely Mm -hmm. cover. I don't know why I haven't read it yet, to be honest. Thank you for bringing that one because, you know, again, these books have been on my list, but it's just finding a way to get them to rise to the top. Exactly. Well, I, we can talk about it when you're done. I would love to. What's next for you? And I, I'm looking for a transition. I don't have one, <laughs> so okay. I won't. The next for me is The Boys Club by Erica Katz. This has all of the elements that I love in a story that's going to suck me in. You have rich people behaving badly. You have a young woman who's coming into her own. Alexis is a recent law school grad who is just starting her career in big law. And she's always been more of a guy's girl. Pretty much right away, she finds herself at home in the M&A division of this law firm. It's the group with the biggest egos, the most responsibility, the biggest clients, and they obviously bring in the most money. She finds herself growing apart from her college boyfriend, Sam. He doesn't quite get the culture of her new job, and she is flying high. She finds that she's coming into her own, so she's really not too concerned with what her boyfriend thinks. She you know, starts to get all of this money and starts to go on these spending sprees. We get to see her go from another unknown first year lawyer to the go-to girl to help woo these big clients into the law firm. You have rich people behaving badly. You've got office drama. Again, I totally devoured this and I did not want it to end. This is noteworthy because I read it. It was a physical book that I read with my hands, paper. So, (laughs) and that's noteworthy because I don't do that all the time with a baby. It's very hard for me to like sit still, but I I remember like not being able to put this down. So I totally recommend it. It was the boys club by Erica Katz. I will second that. And I have a different take because I listened to it. Oh, how was the audio? Oh, it was awesome. And guess who narrated? I have no idea. Oh, of course. Yeah. I should have known. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, yeah. So it was so good. So either way we can endorse that one audio or print. Very fun. That's a good choice for summer reading. Excellent. What's your next book? Okay. My next one. Can I tell you is sure. <laughs> I'm going to tell, but no, I'm let me entice you. Hold on. How about a rich people behaving badly nonfiction? Yes. Sign me up. Are you there? Okay. I'm here. Yes. It is Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict. Interesting. Yes. Armin Katayan. Okay. Came out in 2018. And this is my 512 pager that I did finish in a day. Come on. I, I'm telling you, hear me out. Okay. I know, Tell me about Tiger. I know. Hear me this out. Is, so this is not an, obviously this is not memoir or autobiography. Somebody it wrote is this not. for him. He's okay. Not, yes. Jeff Benedict is an ESPN sports writer, I think. Okay. I did not fact check that. <laughs> okay. Tell me about Tiger. I think, okay. <laughs> Let me set this up with the fact that these authors did do 400 interviews with people from every corner of Tiger Woods' life, many who had not spoken about him on the record before. And this is a captivating psychological profile of a mixed race child programmed by an intention grabbing father and the original tiger mom to be the chosen one. Holy so shit. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does that not pull you in? And let, it, it was exactly that. I think I did this on a, as a combination print and audio because mm-hmm. it's long and because I could not stop. This takes apart from beginning until the disaster of him and what went on between him and his wife mm-hmm. and a little and then a, a little bit after that about what happens when this young child is set up in those situations. Awesome. You know I, like That's what the they first thing said. I thought was 
when you present to Tiger, I'm like, okay, is this just basically- It's not basically about golf. Well, no, but I was gonna say, is it about talking badly about him or does it provide nuance to like his childhood and how he grew up? And that's- Yes. And so I'll tell you why I was super interested in this. I'm not huge into golf, but my husband is. Both of my boys played. One of my boys played on the high school team. And so sometimes I would go with them to, we have a big local golf tournament here that starts like right after Memorial Day. And I have seen Tiger play. I have seen. Oh, wow. Yeah. We followed him two years ago, actually on his, you know, when he was making his comeback, the crowds that follow him are unbelievable Mm -hmm. still. Okay. Let me get back to the book real quick. The way he was raised and the, the way that the authors delved into the parenting practices, the lifestyle and all of that was fascinating. I love to study human behavior. And this was a complete study of human behavior of someone that went from, you know, just, just a kid to being a celebrity, Mm -hmm. as we all know, the wealth, the fame, and what happens when that all implodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not selling it very good. No, but it was really, I, I literally just got it on scribed because oh, they have it on audio <laughs> and an ebook. I'm like, okay, say no more. Well, I'm, I don't know why I have always been very fascinated by Tiger Woods as a celebrity. And at, he, at one point he was the highest paid athlete of all time in his childhood. I don't know a ton, but I know he recently just got uh, into a very catastrophic mm-hmm. car accident. Right. So I just, yeah. And that makes me, and, and it made me think about this book when I saw that because, mm-hmm. because I finished this book and I thought, okay, I didn't like Tiger Woods as a person mm-hmm. after what went on with his wife and, yeah. and all of that. But I finished this and I understood him as a person. Perfect. And based on how dedicated, like golf is everything to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you will completely understand what he went through when you read this to just be a golfer and the passion for that game and, then, have and then that car accident. Mm-hmm. And now it's like mm-hmm. that no one knows if he'll ever play again. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's He's so fascinating. Yeah. It is really fascinating. Well, you sold uh, me on it. Okay. I hope <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard to talk about, but I did. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I read slash listened in one day. Okay. And that was Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict and Armin Katayan. Awesome. I was going to say, let's see if you can convince me that a 500 pager can be a one sit read. Okay. Cause yeah, as you were talking about it, I'd literally open scribe and I was like, Oh good. It's an audiobook and an ebook sold. I can do it. Report back, um, please. Let me know. I, okay. Well, okay. Talk about scandal, talking about being publicly shamed. My next recommendation is Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. This is about a woman who begins the story as a young 20-something intern who has an affair with a congressman. And this was several years ago. It was probably set maybe in the early 2000s. And it's one of the same stories, right? He is in a marriage of convenience. He's going to leave his wife soon. The young intern must keep things a secret. This time they get caught because there's a car accident. Unbeknownst to this young woman, she left a lot of evidence behind in the form of a blog, which she thought was secret because it was, I don't know what year it was set in, but it was definitely before the time where you knew that everything could be tracked back to you online. So she had been keeping this diary and keeping this blog of what was happening. And so people put the pieces together and she gets found out. She gets publicly shamed. One of the things that was the most interesting about it was the way that it was told. It's told through four different parts and each of the four parts of the book has a different narrator. You hear from the protagonist's mother, her daughter, the cheating congressman's wife, and the protagonist herself. And it made me think a lot about what happens to the women who have been publicly shamed after these sex scandals. And why does the man get to walk away with his dignity and his career intact while the women basically have to start over and have to endure this public stoning? So it's a story about scandal, about the choices we make when we're young and how that could have long lasting effects throughout our life. It's about resilience and it's about feminism. It was wonderful. I really, really enjoyed this. And I truly did read it in a day. And this is Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. I read that and loved it too. Good, you another were, one. Yes, okay. another one that we're on the same page for. When you were describing it though, I was like, ooh, I really don't remember it. And that sounds so good. <laughs> I hope I'm right. Readers no, you are. are. <laughs> I just read yeah. it right when it came out. 
And okay. Yeah. So the details are fuzzy, but I loved it. That's her second book, right? I've loved both yes. of her books because she wrote the storied life of AJ Fickery. Mm-hmm. I have not oh, read that oh, one. Oh my gosh. Add another but one. Add things. it to your list. Okay. okay. All right. What's next? Next, I have Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge. Have you heard I've of it? I've never heard of it. You this. haven't no. heard of it? No. <laughs> I think it I think it blew up on Instagram when it came out. It came out in 2017. And this okay. was one that I actually had not heard of but saw on Instagram. And the cover, oh my gosh, the cover will just pull you in immediately. This is another one that I also read obviously quick. It's also 288 pages, which is such a good length. Okay. And you get such a good story. The premise is you have Sophie and you have Barry. So Sophie is on her honeymoon in French Polynesia and is heading back. They're both on a plane. I'm not sure about this for an airplane ride, but (laughs) just FYI, um, Barry is on the same trip and he's starting a new life and blah. Their plane crashes. This is not a spoiler. Mm. This is the whole point. Um, this is mm-hmm. this is basically a re-envisioned castaway story. Okay. And they are the only two survivors. And it's this, and on a little island in the middle of the Pacific, I believe. And they have to, they have to figure out a way to get like they're both, well, she's grieving. I mean, he's kind of, they're they're just kind of shocked. It's horrible. Well, heck yeah. I mean, it's yeah, horrible. Yeah, she's right. grieving and they have to figure out how to get along and how to survive. And of course, they don't get along that well to start with. His writing is fantastic. And I kind of looked up my notes on this one and I don't ever use hardly use the word captivating uh-huh. prose, but it was that's what I wrote. And it was, it's so good. It does go a little bit back and forth between the island, like present time and future. And so that part is a little bit of a mystery because you're not quite sure who is telling that future part of the story. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. So you're you not don't sure know, until like, the very yeah, yeah. end. Okay. <gasps> it was so good. I'm... It was so good. One more thing. Mm-hmm. There's a twist and it's not like a out of left field. It is just, it's such a good twist. I I didn't have it predicted and I needed tissues. I'll just say that. And that is Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge. Awesome. I can say with my whole heart, I've never seen this book in my whole life. I've never Ah! seen the cover. I've never heard of this author. (laughs) I don't know what it is. No, but it's, so it's, the cover is yellow, red, and blue. And it looks like obviously the blue is the water. It's like, it's, it's a lovely cover. Isn't it pretty? But I've never seen it. So, okay. And that does sound good. Um, yeah. And he wraps everything up in only like 200 something pages. So, okay. Yeah, exactly. A full story. And, um, All right. What's next for you? My last pick is Sourdough by Robin Sloan. And this is a quirky book. This is also a very short book, probably 200 something pages, but it is about a woman who learns how to bake sourdough bread and how this process changes her life. Simple, right? Oh, but she is living life in San Francisco and she has worked her entire life to be this high performing young woman. She works crazy hours at a company in San Francisco, which looks very similar to Google. So she never has time to cook for herself, take care of herself. And she always orders takeout from the same place in her building. Suddenly the brothers that own this uh, restaurant that she always orders from, they have to leave in a hurry due to visa issues. So it sounds like they're getting deported. They leave her their sourdough starter and say, you have to keep it alive. And basically they don't tell her how to, they just say, you cannot let this sourdough starter die and you have to play it a very specific soundtrack. So I don't know if you know anything about bread baking. I don't, I know in 2020, a lot of people took up sourdough bread baking as a hobby. Um, So I actually think this book is probably due for a resurgence. Yeah, it's in the live starter. So you basically have to feed it sugar and this and that so in order to get the best sourdough that you can. Honestly, the process of doing this allows her to take a step back and kind of reevaluate everything. It was a breezy book. It was so well written. It was so funny. And it made really, really good points about what does it mean to live to work? What is the meaning of life essentially? Is the purpose of our being here to go to work every day or is there something more? And it also had a lot about the future of automation and the future of AI technology and like the human connection 
It took on a lot, but I thought it was such a cute story. I really, really liked the San Francisco setting. It also was a great food book. So if you're maybe on keto or not doing carbs, this might not be the (laughs) book that you want to pick up, but I really, really enjoyed it. This was Sourdough by Robin Sloan. Oh, interesting. Okay. I didn't know anything about that. I do Mm -hmm. remember hearing the title. Yeah. I want to say they had it on book of the month, um, maybe as an add-on. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Probably I saw, I don't know, actually. I mean, I know I've seen it around, but that sounds, did you listen or no, I read this one. Okay. All right. I am going to definitely do a very sharp left. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's my last? That's okay. We're, you know, we like a wide range of titles around here, so it's no problem. And this is very, very opposite of that. It is called the idea of you by Robin Lee. Yep. Okay. I've not read this, but I've seen it on part of it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. It is. Yes. It has, it has been everywhere with good reason. So this is the story of Soline who takes her daughter, Isabel, who is like maybe 12, I think to meet her favorite boy band, August moon. They get backstage passes and mom, Soline makes an immediate connection with one of the singers, Hayes Campbell. The kicker is She's 39 and he's 20. Mm. And I did not want to read this for so long. I And because this is kind of around the age of one of my sons. I mean, he's a little older than that yeah. now. It seemed really weird to be reading something like that with, with young boys, boys that yeah. were around that age. Then I kept seeing it and kept seeing it. This, I mean, the story takes off when I tell you their connection goes a little wild and <laughs> And it's, but it's very clandestine. So Uh I think, I think she based the book off of Harry Styles. Okay. That was like her inspiration. Hayes Campbell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. was inspired by Harry Styles, who I really don't know that much about. Mm -hmm. I know who he is, but Hayes Campbell in the book was as popular. So everything had to be on, on like secret clandestine. And what I really, really liked about this was, so lean was her own woman. She was successful. She owned her own art gallery and she really struggled with like, was this okay? And was it not okay? And so there are explorations of ageism, sexism, the downside of fame, society's obsession with celebrities Mm -hmm. and women and aging and everything. She covers everything. Now, let me tell you, this is very steamy and very explicit. Okay. Good to know going in. Very, very, very. So if that bothers anyone, it might not be for you, but it was bingeable. And I definitely actually read this in the winter, but this would be perfect for the summer because they go to Paris and they go to the French Riviera and they, it is globe trotting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've seen this all over the place. And I was kind of like, it sounds like you in the beginning. I'm like, Oh, do I want to read about a younger man and an older woman? But then I'm like, wait a minute, hold the, hold the phone. Because I literally just recommended a book, young Jane young, that has an older man and a younger woman Exactly, did not blink, did not think twice about it. So Mm -hmm. I love that this takes that concept that's all over the place, but really kind of explores what it could be like if it were reversed. Were the, exactly. And he is a great character. Hayes, he's, he's mature. He has common sense. He's a great character. And this would make also a great book club book. Okay. I would love to, I would love for you to read it. I was going to say, you're really would doing you? a lot of damage to my <laughs> TBR today. Cause yeah, that one sounds really, really good. And I've, like I said, I've yeah. seen it around for ages and I was just like, yeah, not, my, not for me, but okay. I'll give it a she, try. Um, she has, it's the idea of you by Robin Lee. And she's very active on Twitter. She has a huge fan base for this book. As much as people love this, I think that her fan base has, I don't, I'm going to say talked her into, but she has, I think started a sequel. Oh, I think that was before COVID. So I don't know how that's going because people just want more. Okay of the story. So yeah. You gotta love a book though that has like a cult following like that. Oh I yes. almost, I almost picked Verity by Colleen Hoover. Mm-hmm. 
but I couldn't, I see it online every single day of my life. Someone brings it up on, on Facebook or wherever talking about Verity, but guys, that is another perfect one. If you've not read Verity yet, have you read it, Renee? I've read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, I was like, holy cats. Like this talk about a a book that like really starts out with a bang. That one was my honorable mention. If we can't, if we will, we'll get it out. That was your bonus. Yes. It's a bonus rec. We'll get it out of the way now in an early episode of our podcast. So we, you know, our goal (laughs) is to try not to repeat books a ton. So you've heard those two books that are super buzzy, but those I think are definitely worthy of the ones that reads designation. Also, I agree. Listeners definitely tell us, we would love to hear from you about your one sit reads. Like what did you sit down in a day and something you could not put down? These are books that I'm always, always looking for. does not matter. The genre does not matter. The author, whatever. I want to know what you couldn't put down. So definitely let us know. I do too. And I, I hope that people will just sit down, maybe send us a quick DM or a quick email and please tell us your ones that reads because I am always mm-hmm. looking to add these types of books to my TBR. Yeah. And this could be a very fun episode to bring back again, just based on, you know, new titles that we, oh, yeah. that we see. That is for sure. So do you want to share your shelf edition for the week? I would love to. My shelf edition this week was Why We Fly by Kimberly Jones and Julie Siegel. And they are authors. I recommended their book previously. So they might sound familiar. That did sound familiar. Yeah. I also read and loved I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. I heard about this book from Adam at the Professional Book Nerds. Basically, you have two high school cheerleaders They've been lifelong friends and they continue to be as close as ever, despite injuries and the mounting pressures of their senior year. That is until one of them begins a relationship with the star quarterback and the cheer squad decides to take a knee at the season's first football game. I think it's likening to Colin Kaepernick and what happened in the Mm -hmm. NFL. And basically this puts up a rift between the two girls. And it's said to be a bittersweet, sometimes humorous, but always compelling look at the issues of friendship privilege, sports, and race. So as soon as I saw this, it's a YA social justice book with cheerleader protagonists. I was like, yes, I'm I'm obviously picking that up. This one comes out on October 5th. And that is why we fly by Kimberly Jones and Julie Siegel. Yeah. That sounds good. What they do so well is one author is black. One author is white. And I think they each write the black character or the white character. So it really, Mm -hmm. really comes to life when you're reading on the page, because you can tell there's two very distinct voices with the characters. And I was a cheerleader for 13 years. I was a college cheerleader. Oh, I don't know if I've ever read a book with a cheerleader in it. That wasn't, I was going to say that is a, that's a unique spin on this type of story to, Mm -hmm. to bring in as a part of the sports story, Mm -hmm. but also friendship to have them both be cheerleaders. That's different. Mm -hmm. I thought so too. So I'm definitely excited for this one. But tell me about your shelf edition, please. Okay. Mine is a book that I found by going through all of my Hmm. new recent summer book lists that I I love that that we are linking to. Renee is a major researcher, which I I adore because it's like you get the best of the best with this. If you, uh, it is my Enneagram fiveness. Mm -hmm. So anybody else who is an Enneagram five, we know (laughs) we love to research. I I just love to research. It's sometimes ridiculous, but anyway, but for that is not a for part the of podcast, my <laughs> but for the podcast and books, it's going to come in handy. I think. Um, yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so this was one of the books uh, of the very few that kept popping up on several of those must read lists. And it is called the view was exhausting by Michaela Clements and Anjuli Data. I love that title. Oh my gosh, the title, the cover, everyone take a second, pull up the cover because it is fantastic. So what I saw first outside of the cover, which as soon as I saw the cover, I was like, yes, please. Taylor Jenkins read blurb this and said it was Mm. a pure delight, effortlessly cool, razor sharp and crazy fun. I couldn't put it down. I was like, okay, I trust her. I don't, I really trust Taylor Jenkins read. I agree. I'm right there with you. Okay. So this is about, it is a complex Hollywood love story. The short blurb is faking a love story is a whole lot easier than being in love. 
So you have a an A-list actress, Whitman Wynn Tagore, and a jet-setting playboy named Leo. They are in photos and all of that made for each other. Their kisses cause Twitter trends. Their fights break the internet. <laughs> They've got oh, red carpet appearances that cause drama, but it's all a lie. So instead, oh yeah, it's oh, all a lie. It's just love this trope. Mm-hmm. And yep. so instead they settle for friendship with a side of skyrocketing chemistry until they go to the French Riviera and something happens. A secret comes out. And behind the scenes of their yacht trips and PDA, the world's favorite couple is at each other's throats. Mm. So who knows what happened? I want to know. I, I need to know. What was the secret? There's, there's that buzzword. Secrets. Secret. I need Secret. to know. Secrets exposed. I need to know what yes. it was. I need to know what happens. Um, but it is billed as funny, wickedly observant, modern love story with exotic locales and also kind of shines light on the realities of being a woman of color in a world run by men. What's not to love Perfect. about every right. single part of that story. That it is, sounds awesome. The view was exhausting by Michaela Clements and Anjuli Dada. Awesome. Good pick. I have never heard of oh, this. I'm sorry. It comes out July 6th. Oh, that was going to be my question yes. was when does it come out? Okay. So lots of good stuff this week. Lots of good picks. Okay. Well, that's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen to your podcasts and by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps get our podcasts out to new listeners and grows our audience. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram and Tina at TBR, etc. And Renee at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything is better with books. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I also drank one thing of water yesterday. One cup of water. One. Oh, so no. I have to like keep, remind myself like, hello, you're made up of water. Please drink some. Hydrate. You can't just drink coffee straight into wine. wine. <laughs> <laughs> like you need a, you need water in between. I keep realizing the more I go out, traffic is back. Oh, hundred percent. John was saying it the same thing. Crazy. Like people are back, baby. They are out oh, and about. Yes. And it's annoying.